Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of What's New Barkeep. I'm Dane. I'm Luke. And it's episode number two for this week. Congratulations! Yay! And we're sorry. Uh, again, we got another curdle drink, so... Let's get right to it. And this one is actually coming from another anime. This is... What do we call this? The cowboy? The cowboy. What's in this thing, Dane? Fun little fact. This was Jet's drink in Cowboy Bebop. And this is rye whiskey and half and half. So another fun behind the curtain situation here. We looked online to be like, hey, what's this thing you need to be made out of? It's like, oh, well, you need some kind of whiskey. Literally whiskey. Doesn't say what kind. And any kind of milk products. Literally any. Could be cream, could be milk, could be yeah. half and half. So it's like, well, we what'd we go with, Dane? We went with half and half. Alright. So three, two, two, one. I That is weird. It's like that is. Like it tastes like milk, but it's It's watered down milk. Like you kinda get the taste of that whiskey in there, but it's I, I don't know how to feel about that, because, yeah, to me, it tasted like... I'm about to call out a lot of fucking people here. It tasted like 2% milk. Oof, duh. Hot take. Yes. Hot take. Again, it's one of those drinks that I feel like if you don't like straight alcohol, but you want to get drunk, this isn't a bad one to go with. Yeah, it also gives you a taste of it, but the edge is not incredibly sharp. Which isn't a bad thing, because when you're drinking, it should be enjoyable. Yes, yeah, so if you like to get drunk, but you don't really like the taste of alcohol all that much, good choice. All right, so here's another time for me kind of starting off the ball, the ball when it comes to a topic. So I have a friend of mine who we're going to leave anonymous for now, and they don't really watch anime. So I asked them, since we're talking, we're in anime April, and we're talking about anime, do you have any questions you would actually like us to answer? They brought up a good question. And the way how they put it is, what's so interesting about anime versus regular cartoons? And that is a very fair question. That is a very valid question. Because, let's be honest here, regular cartoons has a hell of a head start on anime. So it's very easy for me to be like, well, I've always grew up on this, why should I follow this? I feel like we should probably answer that question, shouldn't we? In our own ways, yes. <laughs> At least for me, I'm not going to say... One is better than the other. They both have their own merits. To say that you have to be a fan of this one and disregard the other one is... That is... I'm gonna be blunt here. That's total bullshit, because I'm one of them. Yeah, like... I like both. Granted, I tend to follow more into the uh, 
Americanized cartoon animation, yada yada yada, compared to anime. But both are, have their merits. It's just... And here's the other weird thing. If you look at modern takes of anime, they are slowly becoming more Americanized. Maybe not in the animation style, but if you look at a lot of the humor, the timing, etc., it is slowly getting to where we're kind of getting to like a merging situation. Yeah, and I think in some situations that can be a little bit of a detriment, but I think if the Japanese audience is finding it hilarious or just the Eastern audience is finding it hilarious, all, all the more power to them. Well, what do you mean by a detriment? I mean, let's get into that because... Well, there are going to be some traditionalists out there. I call them traditionalists, but they're old-time fans. They were fans of the old series. We're talking Uh, original Dragon Ball days. Original Dragon Ball, Ninja Scroll. Oh, yeah. We're talking those days. Those people pretty much grew up on Japanese humor. But that's also the other thing you got to look at, though. It's like, yeah... They grew up in that humor, but with life comes change. You kind of have to accept that. And change isn't always a bad thing. Is there going to be growing pains? Of course there is. But trying to say, I'm not going to like this because it's different is kind of why we're having issues with a lot of gatekeeping. But we're kind of side-glancing this question. What makes anime more interesting than, say, regular cartoons? Or what benefits would be a better question? Yeah, that's a big one. For me... It's culturalism. Granted, I started watching anime when I was maybe in my teens. Maybe a little before that. Pre-teens, maybe somewhere around there. And it taught me some Japanese things. Like, oh, hey, I didn't realize there was still people practicing Shinto over there. I didn't realize all the Japanese food. I, well, unless you want the jelly donuts. No. (laughs) Oh, yes. The jelly-filled donuts. Oh, the white jelly-filled donuts. Oh, God. For those who don't know, that was... That's a Pokemon reference. That's a poor dubbing Pokemon reference. Thanks for, kids. Right. Which, that's actually a detriment towards anime, is dubbing. That would... I would say that is a more... That's a stereotype more than it is in actuality nowadays. In today's terms, it still has its it still has its qualms. It still has qualms, and you'll see a lot of people who will say that they just they like the subs better. But I will say, as someone who has been watching anime since their freaking single digit age, anime dubbing has come a very long way. You're not wrong, but it still has a lot of issues. It can have issues, especially when it comes to very Japanese-specific, I want to say, words that don't really have a translation for English. That's fair. I will also say this. One of the things that a lot of people tend to ignore when it comes to anime is that anime originally tried to rip rip off Disney before it became its own thing, i.e. Astro Boy with, what was it, Mickey Mouse? Or am I a little off on the dates? Um, Astro Boy was the 1960s. No, it was before that. Oh, was it the 50s? It was like, it was maybe post-World War II. So, yeah, late 40s, early 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it... Yeah, because Steamboat Willie by that point, Steamboat Billy was 1928, so... So, yeah, it was basically taking a lot of inspiration 
from Disney. Which is which you can actually see if you look at the early Astro Boys. The big eyes, the round faces, all of basically the basically round in general. Which was Disney's kind of go to when it came to their cartoons. Because you could look at any of their characters, Donald, Mickey, Goofy, if you look at their old things, they're basically if you look at their what was it, their rubber hose stage, they're very round. Circles. They're yeah. pretty much circles. And so I think that's another thing when I say when it comes to what makes anime more interesting to watch, I feel like it's there's still one and the same in that regard. Really just depends on like so we brought up a few of the issues. We brought up dubbing, we brought up the fact that well, culturally some things don't make sense. But here's the thing that anime does that cartoons won't. The censors are a lot different. Oh, majorly so. Because Disney, we keep on harking on Disney here. This is is very PC. It is like the Nintendo of the animation world. That's, again, changing with the modern times, but when you think of family-friendly, when it comes to animated TV shows, your first thought is Disney. Whereas anime... You, it doesn't necessarily have to follow those rules, so it has a lot more liberty. It's got its own creative freedoms in a lot of ways. Granted, there's some tropes in that way. There's always going to be tropes. But compared to, say, let's look at, I don't know, the Mickey Mouse Club versus, say, Dragon Ball Z. Is it going to be formulaic on both ends? Yes, but they're two very entirely different styles. Could you see, say... Disney trying to recreate something like DBZ? No. <laughs> absolutely not. But could you see DBZ trying to recreate something from Disney? Oh, absolutely. There is really no... We need to make sure... There's still going to be corporate. But there's more creative freedom in places like Funimation. Uh, I'm forgetting a lot of the other companies. Crunchyroll. There's High Dive. Yeah. There's Aniplex. Anime is not nearly as leashed as a lot of the Disney shows are, at least in my mind. Yeah, I will say there are some animes as well. Animes, I think, were also some of the first animated movies to tell real emotional stories. Big example, Studio Ghibli. Ooh, Studio Ghibli. Fun fact, Studio, Studio Ghibli hates his fans. Oh, yeah. But... It was also some of the most memorable anime. And when you hear someone say Studio Ghibli, a lot of times they're referring to My Neighbor Totoro. Princess Mononoke. Uh, Witch Delivery Service. Poyo. Uh, Spirited Away. Like, we could go through the entire catalog if we wanted to. We're not going to because we're limited on time. However, I don't necessarily agree with that statement. Because there's a lot of anime movies that did the exact same thing in American ways. If you're trying to say telling a full story, like a heartfelt story, there were show, there were movies that have done that in animated style. I guess I'm trying to get what... Maybe I'm misinterpreting? Maybe so. I, I mean, like, there are heartfelt stories in American animation as well. Like, when I say heartfelt... It's the kind where pretty much after the movie, you're kind of sitting there feeling like you just went through a roller coaster, if I'm making sense. Again, there, there's a toss-up on that. And we, granted, we, again, we've been picking on Disney a lot, but there's other animation studios where you could say that's the 
the absolute case. Like, Land Before Time, um, what's it called, Ameri An American Tale. Uh, you see what I'm getting at, though. Yeah, Land Before Time. <laughs> Where you do feel like it's an emotional roller coaster. You're just like, oh my god. We call that animation trauma. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> animation trauma. And I will say, another big one, because for me, this was what originally drew me to anime. Okay. This was my big draw, and I don't know if this was just because of the cartoons that were available when I had it. And that is art style. Major art style. Okay. And I will say that is because every time I watched American cartoons, like when I was watching cartoons, there were things like Ed, Ed, and Eddie, Dexter's Laboratory, all these kinds of stuff where all of it was accentuated, but no one looked quote unquote typical human. And then I saw Pokemon where I'm like, okay, I can actually believe this is a human, a human. Okay. So I have something that actually... Also, as much as I hate to say it, maybe not so much nowadays because nostalgia is like a huge money-making thing and a lot of people have joined groups for nostalgia. But there is no age gap, age cap, I should say, on anime. Absolutely not. And anyone who tells you otherwise does not know what they're talking about. Because think about it. When you're younger, when you look at cartoons, it's like, oh, what's that? You still watch... Well, I don't know, DuckTales or whatever at the age of 16 and you get mocked. Anime, you don't get that so much because they knew that they could... Yeah, granted, there's going to be some shows that are obviously for certain age gaps. But they didn't just strictly stick to kids. There was kids, preteens, teens, adults. And the fact of the matter is there's still adults today that still talk about it. There's major communities about it. And honestly, as much as I hate to say it, that's one of the other things I think that Disney might have had a stranglehold on, or at least made the stereotype that you can't make these movies for adults, or these shows for adults. Anime didn't have that problem. It still kind of did, but that was mostly due to ignorance, yeah. more than anything. I feel that like it's more like tradition of what your family thought you were supposed to be, because when you were younger and your family's like, why the hell are you still watching these cartoons and you're watching anime? It's because they were trying to correlate. Yeah, they mostly tried to correlate... Oh, you know, these cartoons are meant for kids. Yeah. Whereas, again, themes and just themes, stories, animation, all that fun jazz, that is, there is no age gap. There is no age cap. You can literally find a show for any age, any gender, any sex, any race in anime. You can't really say that for American cartoons. There are some exceptions, I will give you but not nearly as many as you will find in anime. But with that, I think we should probably get to our first break. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> We've been going on for a little bit, so we'll be right back after this message. And we're back! We're back. And for our second drink, I keep confusing this one, because I keep thinking we've done this on the show, and we didn't, we did it off the show. What do we got here, Dane? This is called an Adios Motherfucker. Yep, we have done the Long Island. We have done the Japanese Long Island. The Tokyo... To was it Tokyo? Tokyo... Tokyo Iced Tea. Tokyo Iced Tea. And now to finally kill off the Trinity. We have the Adios Motherfucker. 
<laughs> All right, why do you make one of these, Dane? Well, think of a Long Island. As he gets his notes. Yes, I need to get my notes because... This is a list. This is a list. When I said think of a Long Island, I'm not kidding. Mm -hmm. You will need vodka, rum, tequila, gin, blue curacao, sweet and sour mix, 7-Up or Sprite. And then if you want garnish, a lemon wedge and a preserved cherry. All right, let's try this. Oh boy. Three, two, two one. Oh, yeah. Yep. That is definitely part of the uh, Long Island family. Oh, yeah. This will knock you on your ass. <laughs> Yo. I'm not going to finish this, though. I'm not. I'm, I, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I, I still need to drive a little later on, so I can't get too drunk. Good luck with that, sir. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> so you're probably wondering, wait a minute. Not Yost, motherfucker. That's not anime. No, it is not. But if you check our Instagram, follow us at Nerds in the Kitchen, it has a very distinct color. And if you'll remember recently... I finally lost a game. Which means he had to watch something of my choosing. And it's finally time for us to talk about it. The time I was reincarnated as a slime. I will say this. You could have picked a lot nastier things for me. This was actually a pretty... This is a pretty good watch. I will give it that. I will say the first episode was kind of awkward. As typical. I mean, it knew what it wanted to do right off the get-go. It wanted to be funny. It wanted to be cute. And it wanted to be kind of raunchy. I will say that the focusing on being a virgin on the first episode was really awkward. <laughs> Thankfully, they cut that out. They did. They did. They kind of brought it back up on episode two, but they... After that, they kind of just skimmed over it. Yeah, just, okay, no longer important. Like, legit, the first episode, if you're not expecting it, it is awkward. Because it's brought up, like, three or four times. It is literally, mo this guy is monologuing as he's dying about being a virgin. <laughs> Which, again, it brings it up to the plot, but it's like, you're forcing it. Yeah, that's kind of the sad part. They do force that whole thing because that's kind of... That point which gives him his broken power. Yeah, you're not wrong. I just wish they did it in a more natural manner. I'm not sure how you would make it natural in that regard, but it seems a little too heavy-handed. Yeah, I will give you that. It's like they just needed to say it that one time. Maybe twice just to get the point across. And then in, you can leave it there. But no, they, they go into it quite a bit. Especially, like, in the first episode. I'm not going to be spoiling anything by saying this. When he meets Veldora, you think he's meeting this badass fucking dragon. <laughs> Turns out to be a bit of a lonely tsundere. I will say that, as much as I hate to say it, the first part when he's f trying to basically get his slime powers and abilities is a bit of a slog. A little bit. I mean, once it actually starts going... It goes well, and it goes at a good pace, but until it gets to that point, when he's under until he understands what he's doing, it is a slog. Absolutely. Until he... Yeah, until the plot finally moves forward. I'm not going to spoil that, so... I will say, the plot is cute. The characters are fun. And I'm not going to say I'm going to be head over heels for isekais because of this. No. Not meant to be. I will say that I... 
do have some qualms with the main character. Not major qualms. He's a bit of a dork. I, I understand that that's the point. I was going to say, yeah, I think that's kind of the point. However, it's laid on kind of thick. At least in certain respects. Because you can understand some of the things he's going through. Like, he's trying to... Again, if you, this is the first four episodes of The Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. If you don't want to hear this, just close the episode out. This is, we're going to be talking about it for the rest of the episode. Yep. When he's trying to save the Goblin Village, it's relatable. He's trying to figure out what the hell he's trying to do. He's trying to think intelligently, but he's just a regular guy. It It's endearing. It's relatable. Him trying to communicate with said people is kind of obnoxious and a little insulting. With the, ho, 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 I am deep and powerful in God. I, I will spoil this part. He drops that. Oh, thank God. He does drop that. Oh, thank God. Like, legit, that is, again, it's really pandering and it's just, yeah, it's like very try-hardy. I don't, I think he starts, like, dropping it towards the end of the first season, so. I mean, I will say this. It is also a very clever show as to why he is so powerful outside of his ability and the fact that he, how he unintentionally got powerful because of it. <laughs> I will also say it's an interesting idea. I'm not necessarily against the idea of starting off as a slime or a monster, but I don't, I'm trying to. I don't know. I'm trying to get to this point. I'm walking towards it. But I'm having issues getting to the end. I feel like it needed a little more polishing in regards to how it worked out. I could see it. And the way how they basically slowly escalate, and it's, for the most part, believable the escalation. Because let's be honest here, unless you're doing like a harem isekai, most isekai are going to be Shona. Not showed up, but a shonen. Shonen. Shona's completely different. <laughs> I was gonna say, oh, <laughs> Shona. No, <laughs> there's no Shonas here. <laughs> I'm sorry to all you Shona lovers. There's no Shonas in in this one. Unless you count what's his name, the Goblin. Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, do we mean? The one that didn't grow, yeah, yeah. We're we're talking about Gobta, yeah. And again, it kind of, a lot of the things it does does make sense. I will say that he's a little too Deus Ex Machina ish for my liking as well. I was gonna say, is that Great Sage or is that Deus Ex Machina? Me is a trope. In, yeah, in, I, I know the trope, but I'm like, uh, is it just in his power? It's, or? it's just. Some of the things it does is super convenient for the plot and super easy. That may or may not be, in a normal situation, would take a lot more effort and and toil. Oh, yeah. I absolutely agree. Because I will say one of the biggest things for Isekai, it's a lot of people's power fantasies. Fair enough. I will say that it is slowly building intrigue, and I mean... Slowly by episode four. Oh, yeah. Slowly. This is why, like, here's another tip for anime in general. We usually have the three to four episode rule. 
mm-hmm. which is if an anime cannot draw you in by episode three or four, you can stop it and no one will judge you for it. Not a not a hundred percent because there's always going to be the game. there's always those exceptions, but that's the general rule. But there's, you're also going to get the people like you're not a fan if blah blah blah. Oh yeah, you're not a fan if you don't watch it. No, I guarantee you that eighty percent of the community, if you say I got to episode four and I still couldn't get into the series, so I dropped it, no one's going to blame you for it. Another thing that. Kind of throws me for a loop is the fact that yes, the guy, the main character is also a pervert. Which, yeah, that's a trope. Yeah, <laughs> that's a there's a trope there. Yep, it just seems weird that his focus was on elf girls, even though he was more or less surrounded by women in the goblin area, and literally had access to the town. Well, you know, once he got there, it just seems weird that elf was his focus, and even was his focus. He seemed like it was focused before he got killed. Probably a fetish. I mean, I guess I don't really get it. But then again, I've played a lot of tabletop, and at the end of the day, appearance-wise, the only real difference between an elf and a human is that an elf is leaner, and they have pointy ears. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of people go with the uh, Tolkien interpretation, the fairer race. Fairer means paler. Yes. But in most people's terms, it also means the more beautiful and graceful. It's like, and yeah, that also goes into anime. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, the ending basically is like this slime gets covered in boobs. Let's be honest here. Oh yeah, you didn't you didn't even see what was after that. So nope, I stopped at episode four because that was my punishment for cursory notes. Yep, that's all he needed to do. But so I guess the big question is: now that that's done, do you feel like you would watch it again, or you you good? I'm in the middle. I mean, again, it's got a lot of good merits. The animation is fluid. The character is relatable. The story is feels like it's going somewhere, and it's kind of endearing. But at the same token, it's already on what, season two? Yes, or, season two. Probably going to be getting a season three here. Maybe. It's going. To, it's also the fact that I just don't know if I can commit myself to that. So fun fact, if you are a younger listener, when you get older, you have to start portioning out your time to what you want to commit <laughs> yeah. to. Oh, big time. A good chunk of it's going to be work because you got to live. I don't know if I want to commit myself to this. I mean, that's fine. You got to the episode four mark, so if you stop there, I don't blame you. So what's going to happen now is we're going to have to do another game in the next episode or two. Oh, boy. Yeah, that'll be fun. All right, so... I think we're just about out of time for this episode. That's fair. And with that, I have been Luke. I have been Dane. Enjoy your drinks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Have a good one.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.